On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered the Google Florida 3, I mean June 2019 core <laughs> update. We talked about changes to Google Ads location targeting settings. Jess talked about visiting a jail while on vacation, <laughs> possibly for feeding wild animals. <laughs> and Greg came up with the most genius guerrilla marketing campaign idea yet. So watch out, Coachella goers. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on June 7th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head on over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And welcome back, Jess. Thank you. Let's roll right into our main news for the week. And it comes from Search Engine Land and Danny Sullivan of Google. As Google is beginning to roll out their June 2019 core update, in case you don't remember, mm -hmm. Google is trying to move away from the cutesy names like Hummingbird, Panda, Penguin, Florida, Florida 2, and <laughs> all those others. Florida 2 was scratched, right? They got rid of that. Yeah, That's that was when March 2019 core update. Yeah. And so this was a little different than usual updates where Danny Sullivan of Google on his at search liaison Twitter handle had released this tweet saying, there is a update coming tomorrow. So it was kind of a pre-notification <laughs> of the update. That's very nice of him. Exactly. And the update came out on June 4th, I believe is the first full day that you should see that data in your analytics. And there were some folks that did better, as always, and then some <laughs> folks that did worse. And one thing that the industry typically looks at is, were there any specific niches that, that were hit, that did better? And many times these updates can affect one specific channel, let's say. So Systrix came out with a look of the biggest winners and losers. And for those winners in visibility, there were many different sites. Now, it seemed like to me a lot of the examples they used were from UK. But the mirror.co.uk, the sun.co.uk, um, the Huffington Post did better. If you, and also there were many health-related sites that saw either volatility up or down. Um, so there was a big loser, at least on the <laughs> news side, called, that is dailymail.co.uk. If you've ever been to Daily Mail's site, it's arduous to navigate. I'm going. And, oh, boy. Be prepared. <laughs> There's ads everywhere. There's video playing at the bottom. They're one of those sites that tries to send you notifications. Oh. You X out of the ads and you get new ads. It's it's a disaster. Whoa. Um, and so just generally looking at the biggest movers and shakers in the June 2019 core update, a lot of new sites and a lot of health sites. We talked about Dr. Axe getting axed back in <laughs> March 2019. And it, according to, again, Systrix's data, it looks like it dropped another 31% there. And then something else that I just love, when there is a shift like this, 
an SEO at a company or just a marketer company going right to the Google help chat. And somebody from the daily mail did that and said, Hey, we lost about 50% (laughs) of our traffic after this update. I don't know if they knew about the update to be fair to this person. Um, (laughs) not the most versatile SEO, but they got a little bit roasted in the comments. <laughs> and my favorite response after this user put out their sob story about a 50% decrease in organic traffic was from BK360. And he responded to this employee of the Daily Mail saying, your user experience is dreadful. Dreadful <laughs> page load speeds that crash even fast browsers and ads capital everywhere. <laughs> so, Man. People on the internet are are real nice to each other. Of course, they're not wrong. Having just been to this site, I'm like, eh, yep. Yeah, so that's something as well to say that it it appears that health-related sites and news and kind of editorial-related sites, there's other stuff that took a a dip, like Nintendo Life. (laughs) Poor thing. (laughs) More like Nintendo Death at this point, 31% drop. (laughs) But anyway, check it out your analytics, especially if you're in the health vertical or the news editorial vertical, um, and see how you shook out. Man, well, there's something else that we need to see how this shakes out because there's been a change that is is rolling out, and the one and only Ginny Marvin has pointed this out in an article on Search Engine Land this week. This isn't on the organic side. It's on the paid side, but... It's pretty important news for anyone who has their Google Ads location targeting set to, quote, people in your targeted locations, because this is changing, as she pointed out this week. The option is now, I will put this in quotes because this is what it says in the interface, people in or regularly in your targeted locations. So this means folks don't necessarily need to be physically located in your target location at the time they perform the search, just as long as they regularly commute or travel to that location. Yes. And what you said was a lot of words. <laughs> and so I want to recap it yeah. and explain the situation. So okay. let's pretend that you work at a digital marketing agency. Can you pretend that? Can you imagine that? I can't possibly imagine that. <laughs> but okay, I'll go okay. with you here. And let's say I'm a client and I say, can I just target my ads to one location? What do you have to respond if I say, can I target my ads to one location in Google? Uh the answer now is no. Correct. Used to be yes. Correct. And <laughs> I so believe, everyone knows. Yeah, and I believe that Andrea Cruz from Co-Marketing, we've had Casey Gillette from Co-Marketing on this very podcast, had, had spotted this, and it's out in everything. I was training an intern yesterday showing a few different things while setting up a campaign, and I ran across it and just showing. And it's just so hard to explain this to clients, yeah. anybody, that you can't target an area nope. anymore. So you can either target people who are there and interested or people there or regularly there, or people searching for the location. It is so unhelpful. It is. It, and it, it is mind-bogglingly unhelpful. Say, mm-hmm. I get it. If you're like, hey, I'm going to be interested in this location, that's very, very valuable. Sure. Or to say, I'm currently in that location. Yes. What do I do with regularly in the location? Well, we don't, but we don't even know what regularly means because they haven't defined that. Right. So you have a 15-minute commute and yeah. you're, or a half-hour commute. You hop on the train and now you're in the city where you typically live outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Are you, you're not going to be able to see local ads when you're there. It doesn't make any sense to say that. No. I like the idea of it. I feel like 
people that regularly go somewhere, there are times when an ad might be relevant to show them. I would like to see that separated, though, from people who are physically located in a place. I agree. But why take away the ability to target a location? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I don't know. It's... If it's half as volatile as some of the automated bidding strategies that we've seen recently, I I feel like this is just going to, accounts might change, performance might change. People need to note that this is happening and just watch out. Not that there's much you can do about it, but I guess note. I love choice. I I like (laughs) this option where you can say there's a good chance that people could possibly be there. Mm -hmm. My concern is that why take away the ability to target a location? Just add it. Give us more options. You don't need to take something that was working fine away to target a location. I agree. And I also don't like commute or travel to that location because that wording to me is a little bit funny too because what are they how far away do you have to travel? All of this is just it's too muddy for me. They haven't defined anything. And to your point, we lose a little bit of control when we used to have, have much. So I'm not cool with it. I, you know... Whatever. End rant. I'm done. Okay. (laughs) And on that end rant, we are done with the news and on to a different rant for this week's take of the week. A take that's so spicy that we have to bring it to you and let you decide. We just identify it. You make the call. And this week's tweet comes from Cyrus Shepard at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter. And there was a tweet out from Epi Voigt. And he had said, if what I see in Search Console continues, guarantee that dollar sign Google, so the you know cash tag or whatever you call it for stock price, Google, smashes earnings next quarter and beyond. Since the new ad layout rolled out, organic positions on mobile have CTRs or click-through rates that historically map to 0.5 to 1 position lower. Those clicks are going to paid media. So Epi said hey, ads are getting way more visibility, almost one to a half of a position more visibility. And you called that. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I mean, I think everybody (laughs) called that, but you called that. (laughs) And so uh, Cyrus said, 2019, the year Google stopped being a search engine with some ads and fully became an ad engine with some search. <laughs> somebody we've been saying aloe we should come up with something better um somebody grab a spatula because we're getting roasted i don't know an oven pan what no do you, what you need to do is you need to do the tb12 method do you know tom brady i, I mean i've heard of the he gentleman. doesn't use sunscreen do you know why why drinks a lot of water so so much water can't get sunburned that's not tb12 look it up what is the 12 bing it glasses of water his day? football number jersey Oh, number 12. Well, I'm not going to bang it. I'm going to duck, duck, go it because I went on a whole wormhole after reading this tweet and all the responses (laughs) to it. And it's my new favorite thing on the internet. This fine gentleman at Robin L. May on Twitter responded and he said, I think people are just programmed to default to Google. They rarely even consider another search option. Even my five and seven year olds say, dad, if you can't find it, just Google it. I'm teaching them Bing and DuckDuckGo now as options to expand on using the net, which I thought was sweet. So I took his lead and I went on DuckDuckGo and I searched some things and it was a wonderful little experience. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever used DuckDuckGo before? No, I haven't. I mean, I've I know what it is, but I've never been like, let me do a search here. Okay. I tried to make it my default search browser 
in 2019. Yeah. I made it about two weeks. That's kind of a long time, actually. Yeah, it has its own mobile browser. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not perfect. <laughs> but there's <laughs> some nice things about it. Because, you know, on I'm Team Paid, their ads look as close to organic <laughs> results as possible. So I'm all about that. I don't know. It was just a wonderful experience. I don't know if I could really do it for two weeks, though. That's, that's a little experiment that you did I there. still use DuckDuckGo. I like it. I like it for when... I like. I'm, I think I've, I've self-diagnosed myself with a condition I don't have, and I don't want it to go into my Google history. Mm. I'm like, I need a little privacy, you know. Like, let me see what it is. Oh, it turns out it was a paper cut. I'm okay, <laughs> gonna live, <laughs> you know. But I don't want yeah. Google to know that. No, and you can trust the results because my favorite thing that I came across on DuckDuckGo, I just decided that I was gonna. What do you call it? Search, I guess. I searched on DuckDuckGo for search engines, and they ranked Dogpile above themselves in the results. So I'm like, these are people you could trust. They're not biased. That's what you want in a search engine. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's pay homage to uh, (laughs) Dogpile. I haven't heard that name in a long time. It was great. I used that today, too. You should play with it. What were people thinking? That was when you had all the domains in the world to choose from. And they're like, hmm. Maybe search.com, maybe anything. Oh, no. Maybe dog.com, maybe pile.com. No, let's just come up with a dog, dog pile. That sounds like a steaming sack of dog excrement. Well, that's what it is. If you go there today, <laughs> it's amazing. I highly recommend that our listeners take a few minutes out of their day and head on over to dogpile.com. I don't recommend that, but that brings us to this week's Lightning round. And at this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. And I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic or (laughs) non-paid. So here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First is an update from Facebook. So if you're using Dynamic Creative on Facebook ads, listen up. And this was just a little notification in the actual ads interface. I haven't seen anything you know, officially released, any announcements from them. But they did say that as of June 14th, 2019, the combination level breakdown for ads generated using Dynamic Creative will be removed. You can continue to see performance insights for these ads at the asset level. So... That's a bummer because that was a really nice feature to be able to see the combinations that worked best and resonated with your audience. You're not going to be able to do that anymore. You could just look at images or text or whatever. And it worked. It worked fine. It was a fine, usable ad item that allowed you to see what combinations were performing best. Why get rid of it? That is a great question because (laughs) it it was one of the advantages that Facebook had versus Google where Google did essentially what Google, what Facebook just reverted to now where you can see assets and how they're doing, but you can't see the combinations and it is such a value to see what creative can work with what message. And now we no longer have that. We can just see that one of these elements is working better than the others, but you don't know the combination. It's awful. And it seemed to be working for me. So again, why take this away? Yeah, right? It's a thing they already created. It's one thing if you You just don't want to make it. Yeah. You built it. You built it. It it worked. People liked it. (sighs) Where they taketh away, they also giveth, though, because the next story is an announcement from Facebook. Again, they're adding some new features to their video creation kit. So for anyone not familiar with that, it's the tool in Facebook ads that allows you to take your static assets and turn them into videos, just adding text and kind of animating those videos. 
So a lot of cool updates coming. And again, you can head over to marketingclock.com for the show notes. And that has all of the updates in there if you're really, really interested in what's coming. But basically more fonts, more templates, more stickers. And what I think is the most important or my favorite thing about this is the ability to save a draft of your video and come back later to work on it. You didn't used to be able to do that. You had to sit there, figure out what you wanted, finish it, and either publish it or start over when you came back later. So that's not the case anymore. You now have the ability to save a draft of your video, which is awesome. Next up is something new-ish from Instagram. So you might remember... Ish. ish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is new. It is officially new, but they teased it earlier this year. You might remember they announced uh, a few months ago that advertisers would have the ability to promote organic content from other creators as an ad in feeds and stories. So now that is officially here. It is happening. So assuming you have the creator's permission to do so, you can set them up as a partner. You have to go in Facebook ads to do this, but then you can promote their content. And it just puts a little you know, disclaimer that it is an ad, even though it's organic content that you're posting. But it's cool. Yeah. And I can think of a million examples this would make sense for. Like say you're an Instagram influencer, mm. say, and you need to sell 36 pieces of clothing, you know, maybe team up with somebody and <laughs> run a little ad. <laughs> Here with some <laughs> branded content. Wow, that's reminiscent of the show last week that I missed. I listened to it, but I wasn't here. I, I really like this. I like the ability to be creative with this stuff. And hey, you are sponsoring an athlete, an influencer, or whomever it is that can have a little bit of pull. Yeah. Great. This is cool. Yeah. Why not tap into a resource that's already there, already posting about your brand? Just do it. There's no reason not to. Tap There's no it. reason not to. <laughs> All right. In news from everyone's favorite Vine replacement, I'm looking at you, Hope, because she's really, really upset about the death of Vine still. I know. I love how Hope in our Slack, <laughs> everybody sends videos and she's like, oh, it reminds me of this Vine. Yes. And guess what? Vines don't age well in general. <laughs> no. When you have to watch a Vine on a YouTube, it doesn't age well. Vine on Vine is cool because it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. Turning them to YouTube videos just to save the memories. I know. It's better just to leave the memories away. I know. But I will say that the one that she shared yesterday, someone turned into a YouTube video where they pulled in the yeah, Vine yeah, into yeah, other yeah. clips. That was creative. So I'm okay with that kind of stuff. But we're not talking about Vine. We are talking about TikTok. Oh, uh, we should just talk about Vine. <laughs> we, you know what? We really should because I don't have much to say about TikTok. Today was the first time in my life that I actually tried to use it. And I don't know if I'm getting old or if I just don't understand what's going on, but I hot take here. I feel like this is a platform. TikTok is a platform designed for people that aren't funny enough for YouTube, but are still completely vain and just want to do things on the internet that aren't funny. And people hope thinks they're funny. I don't think they're funny. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a normal take. <laughs> it's a hot take with the youth. She's really <laughs> upset over there. She she does need a microphone. She sent me these videos earlier of people throwing cheese at babies and she's dying laughing at her desk. And I'm like, I don't get this. This is not nice. Why would you throw cheese at a baby? It makes no sense. Anyway, if you want to advertise to these people, there's going to be a reason they're doing it though, right? The what? There's going to be a reason they're doing it. Oh, wow. That was, that was a cheesy joke. <laughs> Are you Swiss? I, yours was the best. No, no, nope, not Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> so the news here, though, is that you can advertise on TikTok, and it's right now only available to a select number of agencies, which makes sense because they're really just testing things at this point. But they're trying to improve their platform. They're testing features like interest-based targeting, which makes sense, custom audiences, which makes sense. And this is really cute. They're testing pixel tracking. 
So people are out there running ads right now with no tracking. So I, I have no idea. That's it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> people at like big brands are doing it. I think Grubhub advertises on there and everything. It's, it's wild. But TikTok said they're looking to attract marketers who are interested in the app, but wary of its performance. No, duh. There's a, you can't, <laughs> how can you hey, know how it's performing if you can't track anything? That's everybody. Everybody's going to be wary of the performance. <laughs> Anyway, maybe someday it'll be something for now, you know, unless you're on their list, you can't advertise, but keep an eye out because it someday might become something. And speaking of becoming something, local inventory ads are rolling out of beta in Microsoft advertising now. So those are the shopping ads that show up in Bing from retailers that are physically located near a searcher with a product in stock. So this was in beta, I think, for almost a year and it's now coming out of it. So exciting for those folks that use that or haven't been able to and now can. And this is great if you have a lot of distributors where you can say, here's my product. Oh, it's over at Circuit City here. Although <laughs> Circuit City's not around. I was going to say, I haven't <laughs> seen a Circuit City since I saw a Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right next to the Blockbuster. Actually. I saw a Blockbuster in my travels last week, actually. It was closed, but nothing had gone in in place of it. It still had the blue awning. and it was Oh, beautiful. that one? I heard they're putting in a big K there. A big K. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, poor stores. Um, <laughs> what is next here? Amazon is acquiring Seismic Ad Server and Seismic DCO or Dynamic Creative Optimization Services. So if you're using either of these services, you have nothing to worry about. Nothing's changing other than ownership. Both Amazon and Seismic have released statements saying that the services will continue to operate separately and everything is remains the same for now. And finally, here in the lightning round, we have a couple of political stories, if you will. Fantastic. I know. That's what uh, what people are tuning in for. I know. I'll try to keep it brief. If you are in the political space and you're an advertiser, you should read both of these stories. There actually are some important things happening. But the gist of it, kids, is that Washington State is now requiring people to keep uh, public records of any of their election ads that they're running. And they require near real-time disclosure of this information from ad platforms. So... Google has said they're no longer going to accept political ads in the state of Washington. LinkedIn said they're not going to accept political ads at all, ever, anywhere. So you can't advertise on LinkedIn. And if you are in Washington state, you can no longer advertise political stuff on Google. But it gets even deeper than that. There's some stuff going on in the state of Maryland, too, where Google has apparently already pulled political advertising from. But there are some regulations there that newspapers are saying... um, you know, violate the First Amendment rights of folks because if they're having ads on their site, they're required to say specific verbiage. There's all this stuff going on, a lot of regulatory regulatory stuff that, again, most of us marketers probably it doesn't matter too much. I'm My gonna... question is, how do you even advertise then? I well, <laughs> you know, like if you have to have all this stuff on your site, you have to have all this stuff in your ad. How are you putting this all on TV? And if you are, guess what? Nobody's able to read it because it's either way too small to be legible or it's way too fast to be audible. I mean, how could anybody advertise if you can't do it on the internet? Well, and that's the thing is that that's what Maryland is saying is you have to have this verbiage, not even within the ad, but on the site. So So put it on the site. Let people advertise. Well, but that's what they don't want. They don't want to have to put specific verbiage on their site. They, that's where the well, violation of their rights comes. Oh, that's what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that's not what I'm saying. That's what they're saying. I don't really have an opinion on this because I am not well-versed in it. But that's where that's where the issue is because they might lose ad revenue. And well, you I know what? Know. I don't have an opinion either, but I'm real fired up about it. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like most people dealing in the political space. Anyway, 
pay attention to regulations in whatever area you advertise is my takeaway here. But if you are in the political space, please do check the show notes and read these two articles because there could be something here that impacts you now or could in the future. And that's the end of lightning. Thank goodness. Cause that was awful. You had a lot there. I had a lot. I didn't think you'd be struck by lightning twice, but you managed it <laughs> somehow today. All right. On fire. <laughs> this week over in non-paid Speaking of something that every party will like, Firefox will begin blocking trackers by default. And we saw Apple release this for their Safari browser with their ITP 2.1 back last year. Firefox will now block thousands of web trackers by default to protect users from analytics companies, advertisers, and websites that follow them around the web. Um, Firefox is actually going a little bit lighter than Apple was, where they are not going to be looking and removing cookies because they said that could actually break the user experience. Like if you're logged in and you are cookied and websites use that to help better serve you, they think that makes sense. Yes. But they are going to potentially be, well, they are going to be blocking trackers by default from Firefox. Okay. Next. I mean, it's no DuckDuckGo, but... DuckDuckGo, the privacy engine. (laughs) Next up, Google has released a tool that allows you to view your page snippets, your rich snippets that occur either on mobile and now desktop to see how they display. And Google put out a tweet that said, we're happy to announce a new desktop slash mobile selector for the rich results test. The new functionality will help you review your structured data implementation using both user agents to prepare for mobile-first indexing. So this is really nice to say maybe something wouldn't show up on desktop or it doesn't display the way that you want or maybe like we've seen many additional types of snippets and rich data showing up from mobile users. Maybe you can now test that to show, hey, you know what? I'm mobile. I've got this working, even though it's just never going to work on desktop yet. So um, pretty cool. I love tools that help you out. So thank you, Google. On to Olean's own Mike Blumenthal. He released an article called Google is showing a new local scroll pack. And Mike Blumenthal covers all the local side of things. And if there's ever something that has been new, he's got us. And there's now local listings that are swipeable and scrollable in a horizontal fashion. So for anybody dealing in local SEO, it's probably better than ever to be higher up Mm -hmm. if you're hidden, you know, before you are listed in a vertical standpoint. And now you're going to be able to be scrolled to from the left. So Good luck with that. Hopefully you are celebrating <laughs> your first position. And another person celebrating here this week is Bing. Ah. Bing turns 10. Aww. Bing was launched back on June 3rd of 29. I'm just going to say 29. 29. <laughs> 29 AD. <laughs> 29 AD. <laughs> and for Bing's birthday, we decided to get a little present. And for Bing, 
Jess is going to sing happy birthday. I am not going <laughs> to sing happy birthday. <laughs> All right, no one well, told me we'll about this. We'll just say happy birthday. Happy How about birthday, Bing. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and that does it for this week's lightning round. And now it's time for our in real life IRL segment. Working hard? Or hardly working. And in this segment, we talk about what's going on, good or bad, in our accounts this week. So for me, as our regular listeners know, I was on vacation last week. Thank you, Hope, for filling in for me. But going on vacation can be really, really stressful, I think. And, you know, you're vacationing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not the vacation you said. Did I'm, you go to a jail? Actually, I did tour oh, a prison. Of course you yeah, did. Of course I did. One of our nation's oldest, the Eastern State Penitentiary. It was awesome. Shout out to them. That was a really fun experience. But anyway. They're listeners, actually. I hope so. No, they're not. <laughs> they might be. Call us if you are. Hit us up. But really, I don't mean that going away is stressful. But if you're managing a lot of like paid ad accounts, you worry about budget. If you're not sitting there every day and checking it, you know, because that's not what you do on vacation, you worry a little bit. So our awesome team here obviously always looks out for each other and covers when somebody's away. But even so, you worry. So we have this awesome system in place that is not meant for vacation. It's just meant for good management. But I really felt comfortable <laughs> going away uh, this time around because we have developed a system internally where we use Google ads scripts to control budget on a daily basis. So it's not just about how your daily budgets are set, but if the account at the account level spends a certain amount, we say, okay, pause everything. And then we use rules to turn it on the next day. And I know that this is a simple thing. It's not groundbreaking. People have done it before, but we use it a lot here. And it's just a really, really nice fail safe, even though someone is watching the accounts, even if you're not on vacation and you're there, it's just a really, really nice fail safe. So if it's not something you've explored before using scripts and rules to, you know, watch budgets and control for some, you know, spends, it's a good thing to do. Worked well. And you use a script when the spend is going too high in a day and then a rule to turn it back on. Correct. Yep. Right. What about you? Well, for me, I love client communication and collaboration and anything else with a C. <laughs> cats. Cats. Client cats. Cats. But one thing that really jumped out to me this week is we were dealing with a client that we've seen really good results on and we're always trying to do better. And one of the things that I say that everybody's sick of talking about or hearing me say is that not all conversions are created equal and it's just not. And when we show this data, it you don't feel great about just giving this data over and leads, especially like on the B2B side of things where mm -hmm. you, you don't have actual sales data. Right. And so we hand this over and we always try to get as much back and forth from the clients from a lead scoring standpoint, from an overall quality of the leads and, and to see everything as much as possible. And we've got one client that gives us so much information back on all of our leads and it is invaluable to marketers. And the initial thought that everybody has is, why should I do this? It's going to take more time. How are you going to get better? And in this case, we saw one specific vertical that was just doing too much B2C-wise. It was also a seasonal thing that hasn't mm. been there before due to weather. And we're making a plan around fixing this and trying to limit some of this, um, this traffic coming in because these leads will never convert. And it's just one of those things where whether you're a client and somebody's asking for more information, it is very helpful. <laughs> and if you're an agency, work with folks and mm -hmm. don't just hand a report over and be done with it. 
find out what's working, see what the actual results are, and then go from there and refine. So it's not just a conversion, it's the end result. And I just wanted to share that. So No, I think that's really important because you, you do say not all conversions are created equal a lot, but we talk about that in the sense of, you know, maybe a web lead versus a phone call. But what you're talking about here is, you know, looking at say all web leads coming in and the quality and where they're coming from. So there's a next level even deeper with that that I think is really important more right. people should look at. And especially with automated bidding. Mm. And let's say you've got a lead that you're working for and it's the smart type of, of, of bidding structure. You need to actually modify <laughs> this this machine learning. Mm -hmm. And you need to say, hey, I don't want any of this. I know that you can get leads here, but they're not valuable to me and I don't even want those forms. And that's what people fail to see. They say, oh, why do I even need you? you we've got automated bidding. Everything can go or whatever. No, no, you need somebody looking at everything. You can't trust the machine. Ooh, that's good life advice. I'm going to get that tattoo. That, that's going to be my first tattoo. Where are you going to get it? Don't trust the machine. I'm right on my forehead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i got to let people know. It's going to have to go around your whole face because it's got to be really big fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that brings us to this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from The Atlantic in a story called When Grownups Get Caught in Teens Airdrop Crossfire. Yeah. And as somebody that's an Android user, I didn't know about this whole fun. I feel like I'm missing out. You are. I know. But basically with an iPhone, you can request to airdrop someone. And when you do this, you can share an image. So the hip new thing is for teens to be around somebody, target somebody's iPhone that is accepting airdrops, and then just start airdropping them memes and... Stupid pictures, I think is what the article said. Really stupid really pictures. I looked pictures. at some of these. Yeah. And so somebody <laughs> is sitting there on the train and then all of a sudden they just get an inflow of memes. And it works like this from the Atlantic. The Atlantic. Once there's a critical mass of people around, usually enough so it's not immediately clear who it came from, teens start dropping photos, memes, selfies, and more to every open phone around. Teenagers will usually change the name of their iPhone to something anonymous or funny to compound the joke. And this is how you know how dumb these people are. <laughs> I used to have the name Momo Challenge for my phone, oh, says no. Ryan, a 17-year-old in California, who, like all teenagers interviewed for the story, is referred to by a pseudonym. <laughs> a, you got to get a pseudonym, Jess. What's your pseudonym? Ooh. Mine? Yeah. Butch. Butch. I'm not going to go Ryan. Well, I don't know if the, I mean, the reporters might have given him this. Also, no, not everyone could, should be, be Butch. To, Butch is great. Butch just, he's not a 17-year-old sharing airdrop photos, is he? Okay, he's like a cool guy. if you have to give a fake guy. name, what name are you giving? Are you giving Ryan? No, I always give a fake name at Starbucks, though. What do you give? One time I gave Carly Beth, because it was from the Haunted Mask and Goosebumps. <laughs> Carly Beth? <laughs> Carly Beth, hyphenated. I usually go with Butch. I like it. Butch is good. Yeah, I usually, what's I, your name? But it's like, suits ah, Butch. You. Yeah. Suits me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> you can be anyone on the internet, a.k.a. on the airdrop. Anyway, it's not a funny name to call your phone Momo Challenge, and Ryan, pick a better pseudonym. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you ever been airdropped memes? I haven't. The only time I've ever been airdropped anything was here a couple months ago. Actually, Shep taught me about it, and she wanted to send me something she had on her phone. But no one's ever done this to me, and I would love to receive a silly airdrop. I think that's amazing. 
Yeah. And of course, the first thing I thought of is, oh my goodness, you know what's going to happen. People are going to be at Coachella and then you're going to have guerrilla marketing, airdropping, all kinds of stuff to these large groups of people. I feel like you're smarter than most people because that's a great idea and I don't think they're doing it. Mark my words, by the end of 2019, (laughs) this will be a thing. Airdrop advertising, guerrilla marketing. So smart. Yes. You're so smart, Greg. Do you work in marketing? No. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) But anyway, I just thought it was funny and I miss out on the whole fact that I can't get air. And it seems like a security flaw. Why do you allow somebody to send an image to somebody? You could send a lot of nasty things. Yeah, you could. You definitely can. But it's something every phone, every iPhone has by default. But I think, and I could be wrong, but I think it's turned off by default. I, Shep had to show me how to turn oh, okay. mine on. But once you have it on, then you forget and you leave it on and then this happens. But it's pretty amazing. I After the whole TikTok thing, this AirDrop thing restores my faith in technology and what it's doing for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of what technology can do for humanity, it's time for this week's Cool Tool. And as a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. So this week's Cool Tool is from IQ. And is this from your vacation in your travels? No. Or your web travels? Just web travels. Oh, okay. Not from my DuckDuckGo travels. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did get an ad. I was searching for um, cat art. I just wanted to see what okay. came up. And I think I got an ad for like why not to feed wild animals, which I don't even know. I didn't click it, but it probably just went to an article. Nothing made any sense. Okay. I just well, felt I the hope to share that. that. This, I hope this tool is not dog pile. It's That's not. all I hope. <laughs> this tool has nothing to do with anything I just said. I just went on a tangent because I missed being Good. here last week. <laughs> So this cool tool is cool. It's a custom dashboard in Google Data Studio that pulls in data from Search Console to help you identify areas on your site where your content could be competing for the same terms. They call it the Cannibalization Explorer. So if you're a Google Sheets kind of person, you're not in Data Studio, there's a version for you too. Just head on over to Strategiq. I'll spell that for you. S T R A T. E-G-I-Q dot C-O, and you can also check the link in our show notes for this, but it's great. Oh, the dot com was taken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they were trying to make it extra cool. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Rand Fishkin over at Spark Toro and... The name of the article is, as the antitrust case against Google kicks off, here's where the DOJ should start. This is a little bit opinionated, but without the presence of Danny Sullivan speaking for the people and now being on the payroll of Google, it's nice that somebody's laid this out in a factual way where Rand talks about the looming antitrust investigation against Google. And he talks about the different items that uh, may actually warrant an antitrust case. And talks about the Sherman Act, the Federal Trade Commission Act, and the Clayton Act. And then Rand does a great job of using examples to show some main points as to why there may be a case against Google for antitrust issues. With the example that Google gives search engine real estate exclusively to its own properties. Hmm. 
Hmm. Didn't, never heard of that before. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yes, you, you've said Every that week. before. Yeah. Number two, Google aggregating results and answers without citation or credit. And we see that a lot when you get those quick answers that show up on Google. Number three, Google's use of its search engine and Android operating system to distribute Chrome and restrict other browsers. And this is just a great look at some of the problems that Google may be facing. So for that fella earlier in the show who was high on hashtag Goog, <laughs> this may be a reason to short Goog if the antitrust case actually materializes and somebody can prove that Google is a monopoly. Um, so this was just a really great piece of journalism from a very informed person. So thank you, Rand. Yes, thank you. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe while you're there so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shoot the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news shows. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week, we have a draft. Woo! This came from last week's Shoot the Hack, where apparently some people were upset that I talked about Panera as being bad fast food. It's not fast food. That's why I have a problem with it. Oh, wow. You think it's fast, not fast food? Quick serve. Totally okay. fast food. And in case you couldn't hear, that's Hope from last week's episode. Hello. Fresh off of throwing cheese at babies to join us here on Shooting the Heck. <laughs> and today we're going to be doing a draft. A draft of the best fast food restaurants. And Hope, I'm going to give you the option of either going first or going last this week. Ooh, what's better? It's a serpentine draft. So if you go third, you also go fourth. And then as it makes your way back. So you get to go like twice in a row. Yeah, third and four usually comes pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think this through. I have to think out loud. Okay, what are your um, thoughts? Okay, so I guess I should go third then, right? All right. Is that better? So that means I'm going first. Oh, okay. And I'm first and I'm going with Wendy's. Ugh. Don't tell me they have frosties. They have salads. They've got burgers. They got spicy chicken nuggets. The salads they have are actually edible. I'm taking Wendy's because there's no, it's a well rounded choice. And frosties. That was on my list. Yeah. Well, it's now on mine. Number one, Wendy's. I should have gone first. (laughs) Jess, you're up next. I'm going Taco Bell because everybody loves Mexican and they have plenty of vegetarian options and you can never get bored with their menu. Have you ever heard of one person that doesn't like Taco Bell? Yeah, she's sitting next to me. Yes. I, I hate Taco Bell. That's me. From a, from a pure strategy standpoint, Jess, can I ask you a question? Yes. You know that she's got choices three and four and hates Taco Bell. Yeah. Why are you going two on Taco Bell? I didn't want you to take it. Well, you get it back. It's a serpentine draft. I didn't know it went backwards. That's how a snake does. It goes. A snake goes forward. Okay. Okay. Well, (laughs) you use Taco Bell. Jessica, Taco Bell. Number two. Okay. Okay. Number three. I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A so much. I need to snatch it up because it's 
like the greatest thing to come out of the 2000s. I've never had Chick-fil-A and I almost took it number one because <laughs> I knew it would never make it back. But then I had to go Wendy's. You need to try it. So good. It has a cute logo. I'll give it that. It's real cute. Yeah, we're actually taking the kids Sunday. To Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Oh, <gasps> document it. Song. I Take thought they were open on Sundays. What? Oh, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> okay. It says it on their sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Right. You should go to Hobby Lobby too while you're there. Perfect. Oh, what's next? Oh gosh, I'm up again. Okay. This is the part. Did of we decide? <laughs> you chose <laughs> this. Did we decide if this is regional or, or not? You can do regional, sure. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll go with five guys. Ooh. That's not regional. Do you know that? I know. I'm gonna save my regional one. See, look I'm going to go with five strategy. guys next. Yeah. She's saving her dog food taco <laughs> place for oh later in the show. All right. Yeah. You're trying Fine. to talk about strategy. Like, we came into this with one. She's just better on the fly than me. Okay. Jess, what is your second pick? Oh, Burger King. Burger King. Best. Wait, you don't even like burgers. I know, but they have a veggie burger, and some of the locations also have an impossible burger, and they have the best fries. If you don't count Arby's, curly fries, they have the best fries of the burger joints. I want them always. Okay. Coming back to me, I am going to go with Chipotle, a.k.a. Chipotle. Uh, I, mm, I hate Chipotle. I struggle with Chipotle being fast food because it, it, I feel like they don't have a drive through and they're not fast. And it's quick serve. It's Panera Mexican. Hope opened me. this up when she took five guys. It's fast food. She took five guys. I could take Chipotle. Chipotle is definitely fast food. Okay, we're halfway through the draft here, and first pick was Wendy's by me. My second pick was Chipotle. Jess, first pick Taco Bell. Second pick Burger King. Hope, first pick Chick-fil-A. And then five guys for Hope's second pick. My next pick. See, I'm, I don't know if I should go game strategy here or if I should just take what actually would be my next pick. And I might just take McDonald's. What? I might That's go with McDonald's. Shocking for I you? might go with McDonald's because I watched that show, The Founder, and it was really cool. It was all right. Yeah. And they mm. have Wi-Fi and stuff. So if I need to, I can at least get free Wi-Fi. Did you? So in my travels, I went past a sign that said that there was a new prototype McDonald's coming in this one town, and they're going to have table service. They're going to be trying that out. So it's wild. You're not allowed to go there. I That's mine. <laughs> I'm just saying you have that to look okay. for. Is it my turn? Yes. All right. Well, if you guys get Five Guys and Chipotle, I want Subway. You have Subway. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it. You can take Subway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love Subway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's my favorite place. Every restaurant <laughs> Jess's name. I have zero percent interested. <laughs> I'm like the purple spots on the Monopoly board. Nobody wants them, but I want them. Hey, Baltic Ave yeah, over yeah. there, Subway. All right, Hope. What is your second to last and okay. last picks? I'm gonna go with. This might be controversial, but I'm gonna go with Starbucks. Ugh. Ugh. I love Starbucks. I love their branding and their aesthetics, and their drinks are so good. Their sandwiches are horrid. You can't. You, that's acceptable, but that's not really food. Let's be honest. Are you what are you gonna be eating? Cake pops? I was. Yeah, <laughs> like, they have really good cake pops. cake pops. I was researching fast food, and Starbucks was listed under every single list. Okay, that, that's fine. 
Terrible sandwiches. <laughs> Overpriced. I agree. Okay, and Hope, what do you have for here last? Oh, it's me again? Yeah, no, the serpentine. It's still a serpentine. <laughs> oh, shoot. Serpentine, oh, no. whatever. <laughs> oh, this is a good move then. I get last, last pick. Right? We're at four. Yes. You are. Okay, okay. Let me think. Let me think. See, I don't know if I should go with a variety of food choices or if I should just pick what I like. Oh, oh, I know what I'm going with. This is what I was saving. Mighty taco. Yeah. Yeah. Dog food. That's taco. what I was saving. Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco is a regional Buffalo-based taco business that tried to expand outside of Buffalo, but nobody would eat their tacos. It's so good. I'm done. No, I agree with Hope that it's way better than Taco Bell, and had I known it was allowed, it would have been my first choice. So props to you for just putting it out there. I love it. I love it so much. I could eat it all day. I I, I will give you this. Mighty Taco is better if you don't eat that meat or whatever they call meat. Yeah, I don't eat the meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best part. All right, Jess, what is your last pick here? Uh, I got some options here. I'm going to go Dunkin' Donuts because I don't have a breakfast option in my roster and I want one. Dunkin' Donuts? I Well, yeah, I get, get a bagel, you get a coffee. That's what I imagine if there's somebody out there <laughs> that's studying humans and they're like, <laughs> I'm going to try to recreate human food based just off of a video surveillance feed. And you're like, oh, here, I made a Dunkin' Donuts. Everything- Time to make the donuts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everything tastes like a fake, fake version of food. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but my other option here was Dairy Queen, and I don't think there's anything I can eat there but ice cream. Okay. So, I don't know. Dunkin' Donuts. Do you know they don't spell donuts with a G? I love that about them. Okay. <laughs> All right. And lastly, for me, I'm going with the one that's out of left field, but Arby's. Yeah. We have the meat. Really? Yes. Yeah. If I ate meat still, beef and cheddar was my jam, and their yeah. fries are so good, and their shakes. That's a solid curly choice. fries. Spicy curly, curly fries. fries. Best, I'll go there just for the curly fries. Yes. You win that? with that one. All right. Yeah. So let's take a look at everybody's picks here. First, Do we I get ha- runner ups. I have runner ups. <laughs> no, there's no runner ups. <laughs> Except the the listeners are going to vote first, second, and third. So uh, we'll f- see which one of you are the runner-ups to my winning lineup here. Wendy's, Chipotle, McDonald's, and Arby's. And then Jess has Taco Bell, Burger King, Subway, Dunkin' Donuts. I, I hate all of those restaurants. <laughs> Good, I want them. And Hope has Chick-fil-A, Five Guys, Starbucks, and Mighty Taco. That's a great lineup That's right there. That's well-rounded. That's a very good lineup. I got to hand it to you. Do you want to know my runners up? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Everybody's been on the edge okay. of their seats for this. What I, do we got? <laughs> I love burgers, so I could not decide on my burger selection, which was five guys. My two runner-ups were Shake Shack, which is based in New York City. Not fast food. They're amazing. Not fast food. They are fast food. Okay. Second, In-N-Out Burger. I should have done In-N-Out. On the West Coast. Your animal style. So good. The Neapolitan milkshake. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Really good. So those are grouped into my... Yeah. I should have done a little In-N-Out. Yeah. But whatever. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.